Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist. Hello, Thunder Heist. Hello. And I'm joined by my co-hosts, which start with Mike. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption. Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy. And uh, as we're doing books, I'm going to go. I'm Rob Hayes, author of the Mortal Technique series, this is Never Die, and Pawn's Gambit is releasing either soon or now or something. It's out by now. <laughs> Pawn's Gambit will be out. Um, hang on, let me just check the calendar. Weird things are popping up. Uh, this episode comes out on the 25th. Pawn's Gambit, there you go. Comes Pawn's out Gambit releases tomorrow. tomorrow. Go out yeah. and buy it. Buy it now. Get buy it all. 26th. I'm very excited for this. Never Die was one of my favorite reads of last year, so... Never die and also awesome, the cover yeah. for Pawn's Gambit looks amazing. Um, if you like Never Die, you're going to hate Pawn's Gambit. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Don't buy it! Is this reverse psychology? Does he want us to not buy it? Uh, anyway, yeah. we're talking about something that is in Pawn's Gambit and is also in Paternus and is also in Blackstone Heart and is also in the Thunder Heist. And that It's is, in all the books! It's in, well, not necessarily. Terry Pratchett well. would beg to differ. But we are yeah. talking about chapters. Uh, specifically how we structure chapters, our different approaches to it, sort of the pros and cons of long chapters versus short chapters, just all things chapters. I'm rambling a lot with this introduction. Um, Rob, do you want to take us away and uh, talk about how you think about chapters in a general sense? So like, are you an advocate of sort of long chapters, short chapters? Do you try to end them on cliffhangers or not? What's your sort of approach? Ah, see, that's all over the place. Um, Right, so... I, I tend to think of it like this. Um, chapter length, to me, doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I rarely do super long chapters, but I have been known to write like chapters that are 500 words. I've been known to write chapters that are like seven, 8,000 words. It just, it depends what the, the chapter, what the scene calls for. 
but I tend to try and structure chapters around um, a scene. I, I know, you know, some authors try to do it as like, you know, a period of time or a number of different things happening, but I try to, to, to think of, okay, this scene, maybe two scenes, who knows, but this scene, how long is that going to take? That will be a chapter mm -hmm. um, for my own sanity more than everything else, anything else, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I try to structure it so that in, in each chapter that there is this scene, it rolls around it, um, there will be something delivered which is important to the story. Um, you know, there, there are no chapters in my books where nothing really happens. The characters are just, you know, talking shit or whatever. Uh, something important will happen to the story. Mm -hmm. um, and then as for the cliffhangers, I actually do try to uh, leave most of my chapters on some sort of cliffhanger. They don't have to be big ones. It could just be like, you know, oh, in the distance, a wolf howled. Uh, or it could be something a bit, you know, bigger as in, you know, oh, this character's literally on a cliff. Will they fall? Ah! Um, and I actually, <laughs> I, I didn't used to try to put those in. Uh, it wasn't until I was writing Never Die and uh, I got my edits back um, from my editor, uh, Mike Myers, uh, the most angry editor I've ever met. Love him. Uh, and he, he literally pointed out on a few of my chapters, it's just like, I mean, this just kind of ends. Try and put a cliffhanger maybe because, nah. Uh, that's pretty much exactly what he says. Uh, he is brutal. Um, so I now go into it thinking, okay, how can I end each of my chapters on some sort of cliffhanger, even if it's just a minor one, to make people instantly want to go, I'll read the next chapter, rather than just, that's a good place to put the book down. Mm -hmm. so, I, yeah. I with, with my film background, I tend to think about maybe, I know a lot of authors do this, but probably I probably do it more than most um, since I wrote screenplays and worked in film for so long. But I think of, of uh, chapters in terms of scenes um, and groups of scenes in terms of sequences um, and uh, groups of sequences or large groups of chapters in terms of acts, act one, act two, act three. My books actually have act one, act two, act three. Um, I remember uh, early on, I was like, oh, I mean, how long can I make chapters? What's too long? What's too short? Um, uh, and, and just really fretting over that for a long time. But then I found out that you just write the chapter, like Rob said, as long as it needs to be, just like a scene uh, in a film. And I also think about how our scene, a scene in a film, and it generally is the same thing, not always, but generally a, the same thing in books uh, is um, one one action or group of actions usually that are taking place at a specific location or across specific locations in a relatively uh, congruous um, uh, piece of time, right? Uh, and then, you know, you have to think every chapter needs to, needs to, even if it doesn't progress the story, it has to have significant information that should be known um, it has to prepare characters for what they're doing next, maybe, um, or it has to add some new information or reveal um, to the story. Uh, so 
I think of it that way. You don't see a lot of scenes in films that just don't belong there, right? They end up on the cutting room floor. Um, now I will see in books some chapters that are like, what, hap what would happen if that completely went away? Would it change the story, the character arc, the knowledge of the world in any significant way? Then it doesn't need to be there. Um, and a lot of that can happen in editing later. So again, just get it down and then you can do it. I also think about, um, and I think it's a great exercise, is look at how chapter or how scenes in films start and end, right? Uh, and I look at there are a, a lot of different ways that this happens. A lot of my chapters, I begin with a piece of dialogue, right? So maybe a shocking or weird piece of dialogue. Um, and then I try to, uh, uh, or, or sometimes I'll just start by uh, a few sentences on the location, but it's a new location and the characters are beginning something new, carrying on uh, something they've been assigned or uh, embarked on at the end of the last chapter. Uh, cliffhangers are, uh, are good too, where, oh my God, you know, what, what just happened? And, or you can end it. But I also like to end them on a, on a reveal of some sort, like, you know, someone, someone says something that's new that we didn't know that that's a surprise. And then you end that chapter there. Um, hope and then hopefully uh, people move on. Sometimes it's simply a reaction of a character, uh, you know, to something that they just that they just learned. Um, and that, you know, very often uh, in, in, in TV shows or, or in films, you'll have someone ask a question of someone and they just look at them. They don't answer. So it's like, oh, you got to go to the next scene or chapter. Uh, some chapters, though, they bounce around, but you have the little space or whatever. Um, they bounce from, you know, you, you have what, they, what in film is called parallel action different things happening in different places with different characters, right? Um, and you can do that chapter by chapter, but you, those need to move more quickly. Um, and most books do do that chapter by chapter, but it's not truly parallel action if you, you can do that within chapters. Um, sometimes I have uh, uh, a chapter that's really long. There's a chapter in in their wealth there's at least one chapter in all my books that is really long it's almost like a full sequence as opposed to just a scene um and when it ends that sequence is over whatever was happening um and it's over and maybe a character is just so exhausted they fall asleep in the arms of a giant gorilla man running through the forest running through the jungle right or specific uh, right yeah <laughs> Or, or it begins the chapter uh, when in the first one saying, you know, we always travel in style. And then the next one, somebody's riding a flying unicorn, you know, um, and they're up in the air and terrified, you know. So I uh, think that's the way movies work, right? That's the way TV shows work. And um, just like a lot of books and stories and the, and the, and the way they work, uh, is, has been influenced heavily, heavily by uh, role-playing games, RPGs. Um, uh, even if they aren't lit RPG, 
a lot of authors, the, uh, a lot of fantasy has been heavily influenced by that. A lot of fantasy has also been heavily influenced by film and television. Um, mine is more to the second because I actually don't play uh, RPGs, but um, uh, I know that it gets talked about a lot. A lot of the biggest authors today are big, big RPG play, uh, players, and they don't um, they they don't deny that they were really, really heavily influenced by doing that. You know, so I mean that's kind of my approach to chapters. I don't know if that makes any sense or is helpful at all. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Mike? Uh, so yeah, mine's book. mine's different. The first several books, um, I really gave no thought to chapters at all. I just ended a chapter wherever I, you know, I hit a point where I was like, yeah, this seems like a good spot to end a chapter. Mm -hmm. um, but it, really, Blackstone Heart was the first time I gave it serious thought. Like I started the book with an idea. Um, it was actually two ideas for which, chapters, which never happens usually. Yeah, almost never happens. <laughs> um, so I wanted to keep chapters short. Uh, my sort of ballpark goal was between 1500 and 2000 words a chapter, which is those are fairly short chapters, not a big deal if it went over a bit. But for like Blackstone Heart 3000 words is probably like the longest chapter in there. Um, and I wanted every chapter to end if if not on a cliffhanger, few of them are cliffhangers. I wanted each chapter to end on a tasty note. And mm -hmm. So I lied when I said two, it's three. Um, I actually tend to, I tended to end chapters in the middle of a scene rather than at the end of a scene because when you end in the yep. middle of a scene, mm -hmm. that really does drag the reader on. Mm -hmm. And I'm, yeah. for what it's worth, and I, I don't know if it worked or not, but Blackstone Heart, one of the most common uh, reviews, uh, things I hear or see in reviews is like impulsively or compulsively readable. Um, like mm -hmm. I had, to, I read this in one night, like I, I didn't sleep that night. I didn't, I forgot to eat. I didn't go to school. Like I see that a lot uh, because the way, the way it was written, short chapters, each one ends hopefully on a tasty note, but not at the completion of a scene. You're picking up on something that I found really early on in my writing as well, which is, I forget where I read it, but someone just mentioned that like, if you have short chapters, your book is going to feel a lot quicker compared to if you have long chapters. And I was like, oh, that is not how I had initially thought about it. But then I started, you know, like keeping this in mind as I was reading books. And it is such a truism I found. Like the shorter your chapters are, the greater the sense of progression that readers get while they're going through it because they're like, oh, I've only been reading for a couple of minutes, but I've already done two chapters. Wow, I'm flying through this and it actually makes your book feel really fast. Mm -hmm. If you look at thrillers, they take this to the extreme where, you know, like a James Patterson book, for instance, some of the chapters might be like one or two pages. Like I've read mm -hmm. some thriller books where it, the chapter might literally be over by the time you reach the bottom of the page that the chapter started on. And that to me is like, sometimes can be a little bit too on the short yeah. side. But it, it can go. It does make you. It do, it doesn't apply to every story. Um, no. Form follows function, right? And where chapters begin and end, their length is part of form. Um, so it doesn't work for everything. So I wouldn't immediately, as a new author, grasp. I have to write short chapters. Exactly. Um, do what's best for the book, 
um, and for the story. Because uh, I have read books where um, it's um, uh, chopping in the, in the middle of a scene uh, is brilliant, as I'm sure Mike's use of it is. Um, but uh, I've also seen it where it's just annoying and they obviously just did this simply to keep the chapters shorter, right? Yeah. Um, so, and that that's just annoying. Um, so I often find that if a book has really short chapters, it, it never goes into enough detail in the characters for me. The characters never seem to really... Um, I never seem to, to be able to connect with them properly because I don't get to spend enough time with them. Um, yeah, I've had that. Then, I've had that problem with some books. Yeah, um, it, where it I never really like, had enough time to just you know get you to just know start to get to know them and then yeah. move away. And it's just like I, I'd like to to get to know a bit more. But again, that's just that that could just be me. Um, but for me, in fantasy especially. Um, I want to be able to connect to the characters. I want to, to you know, know who they are. So I feel like longer chapters um, at least uh, allow you to do that a bit better. Yeah, I think, I think also, part of why it worked for, hopefully worked for Black Storm Heart is it's it's literally, it's one character. I was one just going to say POV, that, yeah. And like there is, you've got an entire book with this one point of view. So like your your short chapter, your, your next chapter, you're basically, you're back each what chapter. pov did you use mike uh the main first person uh first person for, did you yeah yeah pa past tense first person uh yes past tense first cool yeah, yeah. all right i didn't know that was that. first time i've done that yeah okay cool it's a lot I of need, fun i need i need to actually read it i own it it's weirdly scary writing it too but we can we, we probably <laughs> talked about well, that's PO a whole different thing when you're trying to get into to a character's head that much that you're trying to literally write yeah. from their voice and especially if that voice you know isn't your voice i mean i plan to do the same thing in in uh in another short series that i want to do in the paternus world so i'm i'm interested in looking at that stuff as much as i can but you can't head hop if you're doing first person duck <laughs> no exactly so it'll keep me from Watching. it'll keep me keep it'll keep me from doing that the head hopping is actually like I thought it would be more distracting than it is because I'm about a quarter of the way through Paternus Rise of Gods mm -hmm. at the moment, but it's quite seamless. The problem it's is, what... it usually is really distracting. It's just yeah. Dirk manages to make it work. Yeah, he's still. I, I just, I, I, I don't. I, some people still really, really don't like it. Um, I, I really kind of despise the term head hopping because people tend to throw it at everything that was once simply considered omniscient POV and it was done all the time for decades upon decades but people have have grow have uh authors have just don't do it that often um it's harder to read uh it is and it, it, it's harder to read and keep track um and a lot of readers don't like that um so what I tried to do was smooth it out as as much as I can but I really thought that the story required that more omniscient and it works for some people. Um, it doesn't work for others. And that, you know, that's, that's fine. It's just like anything else. So, yeah. Just a couple of quick more things with chapter stuff before, before we wrap up, cause I know Mike has to head off soon. I think 
for me, some stuff that I found really useful is, yeah, definitely that thing about the length of your chapters can be a really easy tool to kind of control the pacing that's going through your book. So figure out what kind of pacing you want and at different points in your book that may be different types of pacing. Um, like for instance, with a lot of my books, I try to make the reader, you know, as you've mentioned, Mike, sort of compulsively read through the first couple of chapters without putting it down. So for instance, in Across the Broken Stars, what that looked like was until pretty much chapter five, every chapter ends with like either a big reveal, some sort of twist or a cliffhanger, which ideally gets the reader five chapters into the book before I then sort of finish off that main opening sequence and then give the reader a chance to rest at that point. Because I think that to your point earlier, Rob, if you give them, you know, a really finished off part, particularly early on in your book, it can be a chance for readers to just sort of like skip out of reading the rest of it. Whereas mm -hmm. if you at least sort of drag them through those initial couple of chapters without making it like really hokey or like on the nose cliffhangers and stuff, it can be a really good way to like get them hooked on your story. And then once mm -hmm. they are there because they genuinely like what they're reading, that's when you might want to bring some pauses in because particularly with big epic fantasies, yeah. like if you, I, don't, I haven't read the third Paternus book, Dirk, but like, I, I really do hope that in the 200,000 words or however much it is, there are chapters that end at a point where I feel okay to put the book down for the night and have some sleep. Because <laughs> I think that... <laughs> uh, I, th I think you will. You'll okay, be like... good. Because <laughs> that can be the other issue is if you... It can be exhausting sometimes if you are just trying to drag readers through, you know, this massive thing yeah. with cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. Um, yeah. That's not to say it can't be done, but it is difficult. Um, yeah, so I think that for me, like I really leveled up a lot as a writer when I just sort of started thinking about how chapters could be used to influence reader engagement with my book. So mm -hmm. if there's one takeaway that you kind of get from this episode, it's that like, don't just take tap chapters for granted. Like with some books, maybe you just want to write it and then insert the chapters at the end, which I have done, mm -hmm. which is weird. But if mm -hmm. you can sort of approach them with intentionality and think about how you're hooking readers at the start of each chapter, in the same way that you put all that effort into hooking readers at the start of your book, each chapter is another opportunity to, you know, reel them back in. Um, yep. And yeah, just like, I think approaching chapters with more intentionality about it, whether that is you want to feel immersed, like Rob was saying with those longer chapters, or you want that like suspense and that fast pacing that comes with shorter ones. It's just a useful thing to look out for when you're reading books and also when you're sort of structuring your own. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree. And, and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, you can worry about to a certain extent. I have, I have broken up chapters into two and split them up with another POV chapter in between. Um, and, you know, it, you're not, don't feel like you're stuck and, and uh, become obsessed with uh, chapters and chapter length while you're actually writing. Because you can go back and, and, and tweak some things a little bit and split them up. I think Rob's um, is really, really good at opening and closing chapters and showing what needs to be done, getting in and getting out. Um, when it so. used to be, when I, uh, my, my first uh, trilogy, I, um, I pretty religiously tried to stick to chapter length, actually. Uh, mm. I basically That's decided hard. that 2,000 words was yeah. going to be my chapter length. And I mean, yeah. There's a bit of leeway here and there, but I tried to stick to 2,000 words uh, as yeah. each individual chapter. 
Yeah. Um, and I think just as I sort of like, as I evolved as a writer, I, I just sort of moved away from that because it's a bit limiting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And to just see what the, where the chapter takes me and how long it's actually going to need to be. Well, there's there's one more approach uh, to to chapter organization that I've seen that works sometimes is say you've got four POVs, right? And four POV chapters. You do this person, this person, this person, this person, that back and then recycle that all the way through. Um, And that's and that's cool in a way, but it also can get you stuck because. Every chapter has to have a reason. And even I absolutely love Joe Abercrombie, but he does that in to a certain extent, a big extent in um, at least the first book of the first law series. Um, Yeah. And uh, and I found a few of those. I think there are three chapters where this seems really obvious that he set himself up in this thing and he just has to have a chapter from this person's POV and you really don't get anything new out of it. Um, and you know, it was, that was his first book. Um, so, you know, I certainly can't blame him, but you know, you have to be careful about that kind of thing too. The other problem you have with that, with something like George R. R. Martin doing it, each chapter is, is, you know, named, you know, who that chapter is going to be about. Yeah. When you get to a brand chapter, you know, that's a good time to put the book down. (laughs) (laughs) I love the brand chapters. But that's just, it's like different people, are like, they're like different characters, but it's its that sort of idea where, I mean, it's useful to, to do it that way because you know that this chapter is going to be from this person's point of view. Right. Um, I think Mike's going to yeah, have to run here pretty it's quick. A good place to go. I was just going to say, we're getting close to Mike having to head off. Um, maybe we can do another chapter discussion in the future because like, I didn't realize there was this much stuff to talk about with it. There's a lot. It yeah. does open up a lot of can of worms, which are quite interesting. Um, Mike, any quick class thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, I, I think we've, uh, we've nailed a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I want to try Omniscient at some point because oh, I think that's that's the one that scares me the most, yeah. uh, which was kind of why I wrote uh, Blackstone Heart in first person because at the time that was terrifying. Uh, yeah. But I read um, this guy, uh, Skull Sworn uh, by... Yeah. Brian Stavely and it is so fucking good and he did it so well uh, I read that and I was like oh I want to tell a story like that is that on um, mission no no, 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 no. sorry this one's first person oh okay, that's, okay. But you should Skullsworn is why I that's, that, that's what that's the book that made me decide to give first person a go as well so yeah yeah right. so, uh, yeah it's it's that good Skullsworn uh, but now I think yeah. omniscient is the next sort of like most terrifying thing um, and I, I think I could do her like a really bad job of it. So I'll probably get it. <laughs> no, no, try pressing well, tense. If you, if you need any tips, don't ask me because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap up the episode there so Mike can head off. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, was I going to ask a question? No, I don't think I was. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Buy my book. Thanks. <laughs> Buy his book. Buy Rob's book. Buy Rob's book, which is also Dirk's book, which is also Mike's book, which is also my book. I don't know if this will work. Look, cover. Oh, it's not going to work. Oh, hey. so Rob's pretty smacky. That actually displays pretty well for a, a phone screen. I don't, have yeah. the, I don't have a physical copy yet. It's annoying. And it's only 10 days until it launches. Or if you're listening to this, one day. Uh, mine, mine arrives, I think, Monday. Mine my doesn't sister. arrive till February. What the hell?
No, mine's they. Uh, I know the release isn't till like the twenty sixth, and uh, and you have to pre order the ebook, but your your print books are up. I know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think I think I get mine Monday Monday or Tuesday. I think you can leave a review on Amazon of the paperback as well before uh, for the ebook. So you know. Yeah, if it's for sale, yeah, absolutely. Right, we should do an episode on releases. Yeah, oh, like how not, how not to do them. How not to do them. <laughs> how to avoid becoming a nervous wreck while you're doing it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know how to do that? I don't think so. I gotta say, well, I was... we could talk a lot. We could talk a lot about how how things do. I'm a. I mean, ML Spencer's new release. Good God, is it doing well? Is it? Uh, Bry Bryce O'Connor has now bypassed like some of the biggest sellers. Uh, I have mine too. Um, Size of this the, thing. Some of the That's biggest, huge. some of the biggest sellers um, are, uh, uh, you know, uh, he, Bryce's book has been out for what three months? Bryce and Luke's book, Iron Prince, he's got over three thousand. Oh, Iron Prince. Three thousand ratings. Three thousand. That's insane. That's on crazy. Amazon. And um, oh, yeah. the one, the one that that they released, GD Penman and Luke's book uh, with the same group is was number one last night or this morning. That's insane. Which one's that one? Uh, Savage the, Dominion. The new lit RPG. Yeah, Savage uh, Dominion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, those guys know what they're doing. They know that what one they're also doing. has like a uh, a border and then like the title at the top. So what I'm thinking is the new way yeah, to do borders. covers borders. Yeah, yeah, it's the new fad. Yep, yep. and Savage <laughs> Dominion has it too. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's it. We've nailed it. Borders, borders, <laughs> fame and fortune. Here we come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, Mike. All right. See you, dudes. Thanks, Mike. Cheers for tuning in to Wizards, Warriors, and Words. Did you know that I host another writing advice podcast called The Novel Analyst? Every episode, I analyze one of my favorite books to extract useful writing lessons. You might like to start with episode 46, where I analyze the brilliant dynamics behind Rob J. Hayes' eclectic crew in his grimdark fantasy book, Never Die. Or maybe you'd prefer my episodes on Mistborn, Harry Potter, or The Gutter Prayer. Either way, there's over 50 episodes for you to listen to right now. All you have to do is search for The Novel Analyst on your podcast player or go to anchor.fm forward slash novel analyst to start listening now. Enjoy. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Wizards, Warriors and Words. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.